Alrighty, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast and uh, changing of the guard in New Orleans, Wiz. Uh, Sean Payton no longer the head coach here. Obviously, a couple of years ago, they moved on from Drew Brees. I don't know, Wiz. I, I, I look at this New Orleans roster and I don't know, call me crazy, by the end of the year, is it a situation where it looks like all of these offensive players have been ranked on the lower side uh, uh, in fantasy? But maybe at the end of the year, a lot of them are, are surprising us uh, with outperformance and, and maybe leading teams to victory in fantasy football in 2022. Yeah, I like Jameis Winston this year. I think, you know, hanging around Drew Brees and Sean Payton uh, has done him wonders and will continue to help him in his progress. When I watched him before he got hurt year last year, his footwork looked a lot better to, to me. His decision-making overall looked better to me. And this season, his receiving core is going to be a lot different and a lot more talented. I'm liking Jameis Winston. In super flex leagues, I'll be looking to draft him as my second quarterback. And in standard leagues, I have no problem with him being my backup quarterback with the ability to start him even over my number one quarterback in certain situations, because I think he has top 12 upside, and certainly in streaming and bye week options, he's very good. I'm liking Jameis Winston. I have him, uh, you know, maybe not inside the top 12 at the quarterback position, but not too far off. So I'm kind of liking Jameis Winston this season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, before Winston got hurt last year, and he's never been a super efficient quarterback. He's still slightly below 60% uh, in terms of efficiency. Uh, if you remember that spectacular year where he had over 5,000 yards passing in a 16-game season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a, f- a few years back. But unfortunately, the turnovers and the interceptions uh, was something that really plagued him and why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moved on to Tom Brady. Uh, but nonetheless, last year he showed a, a little bit better uh, ability to take care of the football, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions uh, in, in limited action. Uh, you know, they tried Taysom Hill at the position, but he'll go back to his kind of Swiss Army knife role, which I think he's better for. Andy Dalton will back up Winston. But yeah, I agree. I think um, as a backup quarterback and and and, and in super flex leagues, uh, I find Jameis Winston very enticing. Uh, it's ex- They've got some good, good, good running back talent. They obviously... If the guys stay healthy, uh, the additions that they made both in draft and trades uh, or in free agent signings, I should say, um, and, a, and a healthy Mike Thomas, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah, there's some weapons here, Wiz, and uh, I can be definitely uh, lulled into believing that Jameis Winston can make a difference at some point in time in fantasy football. And moving to Kamara, um, he's a running back that, you know, if everything was normal, he'd be a top 10 running back. There's there's no question about that. But there's this looming case that he has, and it got uh, postponed for 60 days, so they're not going to hear it until the end of September. So it kind of puts a little bit of a a cloud over Kamara for the season because you don't want to draft him with your first-round pick, and then you find out, you know, that he is going to miss half the season, and especially in the second half of the year when you're talking about fantasy football playoffs. But I think there's also a chance that this thing gets kind of, like, postponed until the suspension is not going to come down to 2023. I think he didn't work well with Taysom Hill. Um, Taysom Hill obviously ran the ball himself a lot. That's not going to be the case with Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston's a better passer, sees the field better, and you know that's why I think his numbers receiving will be better with Jameis Winston. So how are you viewing Kamara? Is he, with all the things looming, is he still a no-brainer 
running back one, or are you not willing to say that? Yeah, so I think the fact that this legal case got pushed back has to have Alvin Kamara moving up in, in the rankings, because I think that's the one thing that hindered him. All the speculation was in the in the preseason as, or, or, or the offseason has been that he's going to get suspended for six games, right? That's now pushed back, and maybe gets pushed back again. Uh, so, yeah, if you're one of those owners that wants to take that chance and – you know, there's some capable backups here. Uh, Mark Ingram is 32 now. That's the only thing that kind of makes me very reluctant there. Tony Jones was a guy that showed some spark at times last year. <clears throat> Malcolm Brown has been br- brought in uh, into this running back room as well. But I, I felt that the, the New Orleans Saints were, were pushing too hard as Alvin Kamara. He's not a everyday, you know, every uh every down back, right? Like the, he, his success had to do with that trying to change a pace over the years. But last year, close to 20 attempts um, per game, it kind of hurt his average down to 3.7 yards per carry. They lose Armstead, so the offensive line is not as good. But maybe where the more traditional quarterback was, it makes the situation a little bit better for the for the Saints running backs, and that includes Kamara. I think the one thing that happened last year was, which is quite fascinating, the New Orleans Saints averaged 25 touchdowns per game Sorry, 25 touchdowns a year rushing for the last for previous four years. Last year, total Saints, 12 rushing touchdowns. So a real a real change last year, and, and maybe with a more traditional offense, uh, you know, things kind of shape up. So count me as one of those guys right now that is moving Alvin Kamara up in the rankings. Yeah, I think, you know, when you, if you're going to – I'll just leave it with this, with Kamara. If you're going to draft him with your first pick – and I'm not going to be mad at you if you want to draft him with your first pick. Um, you have to just figure that this court case is not going to take, um, you know, into effect until 2023. Um, but agree with you, Malcolm Brown, you, you love Malcolm Brown. You like that player. So, uh, and that was an interesting signing because I, I think that if something was to happen to Kamara, I think Malcolm Brown is probably best suited to be the guy to, to, to take the load of running the ball. But, I mentioned that the reason why I like James Winston is his receiving core is completely different um, and much more talented than last year. Certainly Mike Thomas, who <laughs> with Drew Brees was absolutely incredible. I remember he was, you know, uh, the first receiver taken off the board in drafts. Um, just that he was, he was almost the first. He was almost the first player being taken off. In, yes, absolutely, a top three to five pick in, in a lot of drafts, and certainly um, a case could have been made, you know, with his numbers um, that he should be taken that early. But he's an interesting player because he just hasn't been on the field. His range of outcomes to me is so wide um, that it's very difficult for me to rank this player. But I'll tell you, I think Jarvis Landry is going to be the player that thrives in this offense, who's a terrific, clever route runner in the middle of that field. And I think he is going to have a big game, a big season in terms of receptions. Now, is he the type of guy that's going to be averaging 18, 22 yards reception? Obviously, absolutely not. But he can roll up a big year in terms of receptions. Chris Olave is a talented receiver too. Again, it just comes down to a rookie wide receiver. When you have other receivers on the pecking order ahead, it's going to be difficult to imagine him having a big season. But in terms of you're in a PPR league, I think Landry is going to thrive in this offense. What say you about the wide receiver room from the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, so... 
I struggle a little bit with Mike Thomas in that there was a lot of mysteries about Thomas in terms of leadership. I mean, he got suspended when he was hurt, right? So attitude seemed to be a little bit of an issue here. I, I, look, Mike Thomas, we expect more out of him, right? And maybe with this all these changes and bringing a guy like Jarvis Landry in here, uh, maybe it helps Mike Thomas out. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm... Eh, he is probably one of the hardest guys uh, to figure out. I would say that. And, and there's going to be some guys that remember him from a few years ago and maybe going to overdraft for him. I think in most cases that won't, won't, won't happen in drafts. I think he'll, he'll be of much lesser value. The interesting thing about Jarvis Landry, Wiz, is he's never, he's never played his home games on, on artificial surface. Right? He's been in Cleveland. He's been in Miami. Uh, not a speedy guy, but uh, you know, I'm curious to know to think if that could make a difference here. But and they still have Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway too. But there's talent in the, in this offensive in, in this wide receiving core, and that's that's part of the reason why I think Jameis Winston is uh, upside as well. I agree with that. Yeah, I just want to say I just saw one of the most incredible things. I don't know if you're watching as well, but Pete Alonso just did a home run that I don't think went more than 30 feet off the ground. Um, incredible for Corbin. Um, that's 4-1. But Adam Troutman is a, is a tight end that I'm going to be drafting in leagues uh, as my second tight end. This is a guy that now is going to get a real opportunity to play, kind of like Irv Smith with the Vikings. And uh, I really like this this player this year and what's going to be a proven year for Troutman with really no problem ahead of him on the depth chart with a real opportunity to do some things. And kind of similar to these, see these young tight ends where they're, they're put in these mismatch situations and they excel. And uh, I'm very interested in Troutman, and I will see – having some equity in him in, in some leagues this year as my second tight end with a lot of upside in a, on a team where he could do some things. Are you as high on Troutman as I am? No, I'm not. Uh, he hasn't been able to stay on the field, Wiz, and I am still a compelled, maybe obsessed to an extent, by how this team will use James, uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, do they get back to using him in different roles, uh, both rushing the ball, catching the ball, because he's being going to be used as a tight end this year. So, uh, you know, again, I know he's dealing with an injury right now in the, in the preseason, but Troutman has not shown me enough right now. So I'm going to be a little, little bit more hesitant, and I just feel this there, there will still be this kind of obsession to get Taysom Hill involved. In fact, I, I was going to ask you next, you know, does Taysom Hill have any fantasy value at all? Not in my eyes. I mean, I he's hurt. And I'm I'm not sure what they're going to do with him at tight end. I mean, I don't know. I think they're going to use him some plays at running back, some plays at quarterback, some plays at tight end. But I think that he's going to go out there and excel at tight end position. Um, I don't see it. We'll see about Troutman. You're not interested in him. I am interested in him. We'll see how it plays out. I'll tell you what I'm not interested in is Will Lutz thinks. Um, he, That's Steph's boy. He, 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 I think I saw a stat where he may have kicked five or six. I don't know what it is. Like his, his, his 50 yard field goal attempts are so few and far between and his mates are terrible as well from long distance. I'm not interested in Will Lutz. The Saints defense, you know, you want to start them when they're playing the Bucks because they just play elite when they play Tom Brady. But the Saints defense is very, very good. Will Lutz taking a complete pass on, 
How are you viewing the special teams for the Saints this year? Yeah, I think the Saints, you know, especially if they get more consistency on offense, I think that defense is a more compelling choice. There's talent on that side of the ball. So I do like that defense. I think they're kind of like a borderline top 12 defense. Uh, Will Lutz, I don't know if he's going to even be able to stay healthy. Last year they had Brett Mayer kicking. Uh, It's always enticing to have an indoor kicker, um, but Will Lutz wasn't able to stay healthy. So a situation that we may want to pay attention to, maybe they go in a completely different different direction. Uh, But, you know, again, always uh, enticing when you can have a kicker who's going to kick a lot of, uh, well, again, eight, eight of his games are going to be indoors. Plus he gets to play in Tampa Bay and he gets to play in Atlanta as well. Yeah, to me, I couldn't care if he was, you know, kicking <laughs> with the goalpost a hundred feet wide and <laughs> and whatever. I just, I'm just zero, zero interested. I'm kind of like sick of looking at him. So, uh, <laughs> uh, are we on to TB12? Yeah, TB12 time, Wiz. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we have uh, gotten our way through most of the NFC South, but the final team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we just have one more division to complete. And then we can kind of start getting into the nitty-gritty with. So, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Get on there, subscribe. Uh, we'll be back next with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. <laughs>